You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. The two biggest detriments um, to me uh, ever having like an actual radio career, I think, or I have, a, I have three greatest detriments. Uh, number one, I have a bad memory. Number two, I'm easily distracted. And number three, I'm not good at radio. With Joshua Briscoe. Also, he's not that likable. I was going to say yeah. that next, actually. Yeah. I was going to say also, I'm, I'm not very likable. Um, you I have alienate. a squeaky voice for I, radio. Right, I do. I have a bad radio voice. Um, you have a girly laugh. I have... I I definitely have a very girly laugh. I alienate people, people. don't like hipsters. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. I had a really distressing moment just now, which is that I was trying to get on Twitter and things weren't loading. I didn't need Twitter for anything, but just the idea of Twitter being down for even a moment. I mean, just struck fear straight into my heart. I probably need to figure out some better things in my life to rely on than just always knowing that Twitter will be there for me. Uh, I don't... I don't know if you want Twitter to always be there for you. That's the thing. I really don't. I think every time I've had a reason to not be on Twitter for just like four straight days, I come back and I'm like... I like I'm like uh, Donald Glover from Community and the, you know the the pizza gif and everything's on fire. But usually like I'll just... Actually, I'll just go shut this door and then eat a slice of pizza outside. Um, I don't know what Aaron Ladd's, uh, you know, hashtag brand social media strategy is, but I'm kind of interested to find out. Uh, if you want to get more from Aaron, you can follow him on this beloved Twitter site at Aaron Ladd Zero. Of course, you can see him uh, on uh, KSHB 41 on a regular basis there as well. Aaron, do you have uh, do you have like a, a diet plan for your Twitter access, or are you just feasting at the trough too much like I am? You know, I'm actually coming up on a little hiatus that I try and do every year right around the 4th of July. I'll unplug for about four or five days, and it's kind of like you. You you come back to mayhem and madness no matter what time of the year it is. But it feels good to kind of unplug. I mean, we're always carrying the – I got two phones on me at all times. It's, It's good to put those down and just unwind for a bit. Rudy's about that two phone life, or was for a long time. Are you currently have two in the holster? So I, I always have the second phone on me. I've just had less need because uh, you know I, I'm not going out and shooting as much video or like sure. you know like I, I'm more here at the station now. So I always have it in my backpack, like kind of like or like in the side of my backpack. There in are, the holster, just there, ready to go. There are times where it doesn't get used in a while. When I do go to grab it, it's dead because I forgot to charge it. So I've got it, but I'm not using it like I used to. That's that's honestly probably for the best. Do you have uh, in this hiatus? Do you have like other things that you're planning on? Like I don't I don't know what the inverse of just social media plugin is, but I, I mean, you just go touch some grass for a couple days, or do you have like a you have like a a, 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 whole, a whole ordeal for yourself? You know, look at the blue sky and mm. um, just twiddle my thumbs like they did in the good old days. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually headed to a guy's trip out in, in Denver and. You know, it's cool. I still have the other apps. Uh, I'll still be on Instagram. You know, I can't, I can't get rid of Instagram. But uh, Twitter, you know, just once every year, just try and uh, put it down for a little bit. Uh, I think that's good. I also am thinking now. I don't think you can twiddle anything other than your thumbs. Um, I'll put that out as a poll question because that feels like something that the that the people would like to you know speak out on. If there's anything you can twiddle other than thumbs, or if that's exclusively the domain of the thumbs, um, I can't think of anything else though. 
Does anything catch your eye in the in the sports world at the moment? There are a few things that we've talked about tonight that I'll, I'll run by you, but um, you know, baseball is in a dark place. Football is just the lights are out until training camp, and uh, the NBA is we've got a we've got a little bit of hustle and bustle, but then that kind of got a, a little bit cut down today. Uh, NHL season just wrapped up. Anything go? You know what? I do I do actually enjoy this sports thing happening in late June. You know, I text you before I came on. I'm like, look, anything but the Kansas City Royals. I can't do it. I don't want to even think about it. Whatever, whatever. But I'm at Kauffman today for Benny Benny Pasquantino's arrival and the the symbol moment where we lift him up on top of the mountaintop and uh, anoint him as the new savior of of what's going on down there. And and what immediately stood out to me was his his personality. You know, Mm -hmm. there's pressure on this guy. And he's heard everything about – uh, why isn't he up here yet, and what took so long, and, and and this and that, and I'm sure he's heard the pressure and expectations of, of Royals fans hoping to get back to some sort of relevance, but he just seems to laugh it all off. He's had some good laughs about the Italian breakfast thing, which I'm still trying to uncover what that actually is at this point <laughs> in time. Uh, but I, I'm wishing nothing but the best for him specifically in this situation because it, it's tough. I mean, it, he he's going to have some pressure on his shoulders, and, and people want him to produce exactly what he's doing in AAA right now. We know that's not going to happen. If, if we know it's a Royals debut, I mean, he's going to start slow. But his personality <laughs> and, and all that good stuff, it made me seem like – uh, you know, uh, I'm rooting for this guy. Yeah, his some of the, the clips that I heard from all of that were, were excellent. Um, and if we don't play them tonight, maybe we'll play them later in the week. We're really bad at getting to the audio that we've promised. No, oh, that's not true. What What is it that, that fills you with the most despair about about the Royals? Is it all of baseball and and the length of it all? Is it that it's just been bad baseball? Does one thing get stuck in your craw at this point? I think it's, oh, God, you're really trying to get me in trouble here, Briscoe. I think it's the insistence by the front office that, you know, they're going to white-knuckle this no matter what, and they're doing the right thing, and, and we're just barreling down this path by any means necessary. It just is idiotic, right? Like, don't piss on me and tell me that it's raining. <laughs> I think fans here in Kansas City know what the deal is and what's going on, and you can be honest with them. You can be front forward with them and say, hey, you know what? It's not great right now, but this is the plan. I, to me, it almost seems like uh, we're kind of just building this airplane in the sky, and, mm. and we're just flying it one piece at a time, and we'll make a move here and make a move there and see how it goes. But that's probably the most frustrating part to me is that it, it, it seems like we're almost being lied to on a day-to-day basis about what the status of the club is now and, and what the, the future looks like. I I think that tracks a hundred percent. I will not make you. I will not try to make you talk more baseball or get you into any further trouble. Um, do, are you a hockey guy at all? I know. I mean, you've got your Atlanta allegiances, and the Thrashers were there. Like whenever I was still playing backyard hockey on PC, but then I know they're not anymore. Did, did, did hockey fever ever ever wash over you at any point? You know, the Atlanta metro area has had two hockey teams come and go in my lifetime. The Flames. And the Thrashers gone. And as a young, as a young sports-loving child, my parents tried their hardest. <laughs> they would bring me to games. Uh, I was wrapped in the Believe in Blue Land scarves and Ilya Kovalchuk. Oh, I was the guy, right? And then they left. And like a scorned ex-lover, I, I swore it off. Yeah. I heard the NHL playoffs were amazing this year. I, I tuned in for the third period of a close game, but... Kudos to Colorado. They were the best team all year, according to ESPN, and I'm just going to rock with that. 
No, that's fine. I just I was curious if you had a story and you, and you did. Is that your is that your most bitter sports heartbreak? Or I mean you they, I mean like I know that's tough to ask an Atlanta oh, fan. Boy. I know. I know I know. No, that's I said it. I said it out loud and I thought oh no, no, he's got so many things to choose from. What is your most bitter one? Super Bowl 56. I, I mean, figured. What do you mean? I figured. What I don't know. Five? Yeah, maybe. Well, what happened in that one? I can't remember. You want me to hang up now? I so thought you, you might. I was really, really, really prepared to just hear the click sound, which is the sound that is made of just an iPhone hang-up button being hit. You know, it's not. It's not nearly as satisfying as hanging up a handset that like rings when you put it down. But I was. I was really. I was really anticipating that. I appreciate you sticking around. I don't think people understand how tough that really was. My dad is a lifelong Falcons fan. He grew up in the area and has seen the team go from the NFC West to the NFC South. He called me at halftime of that game. We were giddy with joy, planning our parade route. And, I mean, we had just seen the mountaintop, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a dark place, man. Ever since then, it's not gotten better. Yeah. Why? What is it? I don't know if it was at that moment or if it had been years in the making and just in the longtime DNA of Falcons fans. But one thing I have realized is that, and this is, I think we might have talked about this before because you occupy two of these spaces. I love uh, sad Falcons Twitter and sad Mizzou Twitter. I just, I just find both of those to be fan bases. I don't, not that I love your misery, but I love what you guys do with it. You know, like that, that particular brand of I'm just going to make fun of myself and my own miserable franchises. It really makes for good content but but why is why are our falcons fans in particular so good at that you know when you've been beaten and bloody sunday <laughs> after sunday and drag yourself back to the television screen or the georgia dome or now the mercedes-benz dome week after week knowing what's going to happen you, you harden to it you, you build a little thickness in, in, in your bones in, in your blood you know it doesn't take a little 28 to 3 jokes anymore i mean it, it, it takes a little bit more than that to really right. get me going. I understand. <laughs> Everybody gets it. And another part of it is that we've been close, man. Yeah. I mean, the best years of Falcons football have happened while I merged into an adult. And Matt Ryan is arguably the best quarterback in franchise history. And darn it, we had two 13-win seasons that ended in the, in the first two rounds of the playoffs. It, it hurts. It, it, it really hurts. At least you guys are funny in large part, you know. That at least you've at least you've got that cuz you could be hurt and not funny and then just be what fan base is hurt but not funny? Dolphins fans maybe? Cleveland. New York? Cleveland is pretty Cleveland good. Browns. New York is New York is good. New York is sad but like really really mad about. It. New York's not sad. New York is angry. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing. That's a good that's a good nominee though. Minnesota? Um I think they're despondent. Specifically, Vikings fans. Yeah. I think you, Kirk Cousins can only be your quarterback for so long before you just have to accept that things have gone poorly for you. Um, one of the things that I, I wanted to talk to you th- about that, that I didn't intend on making you miserable with um, was we, we just played. I don't know if you heard like any of the clips of, of Draymond Green and anything from Kendrick Perkins and all of that being very dramatic. You've got Skip Bayless trying to fight Russell Westbrook, as far as I can tell, um, which would you know be great for Skip. I'm sure he would just we would continue talking about him in even more places. But I just I, I'm I'm interested in your view of media right now when you have people saying things like old media and new media but uh, like whenever I listen to Draymond I sort of just hear a dude doing a podcast over Zoom like I don't I don't know that that's the place that it's intriguing to me I, I don't I don't know 
what the next evolution is or, or who's going to take us there. But I, uh, I I think we're in a very interesting kind of volatile space and all of that. And I was just sort of curious how you've how you've absorbed it all. I think we're still kind of feeling the ripple effects of the player empower player empowerment movement, especially yeah. in the NBA specifically. When these players are saying new media, Patrick Beverly ran around with that for a little while, and now Draymond has kind of picked it up and waved it around as his flag. I don't see anything necessarily quote-unquote new yeah. with what they're doing. It's not an innovative podcast that you've never heard before. Or it's not anything that's groundbreaking in how the information is being displayed. It's who you're hearing it from specifically. It's no longer the players having to talk to an old white guy who then <laughs> interprets what they say to say it back out to the rest of us. Draymond Green can hop on his phone right after the NBA Finals and say, you know what, I got some things to say. And by the essence of the word new, I guess that is necessarily quote-unquote new, but there still is a role for media members. I won't say the J word, but media Mm -hmm. members to still interpret what is important and what is newsworthy. I think players are so excited to be able to have the power and the control once again, and rightfully so, because... Uh, there's a lot of bad journalism out here. There's a lot of bad media members out here. uh, And there's still a a big disconnect. I tweeted this out yesterday in regarding to the Shakira Richardson story and her Mm. message to media members at at some of the track races. Uh, I think they feel very hurt. Uh, I think they feel like their words have been uh, misconstrued nine times out of ten. And I'm sure the pandemic has taken a, a toll on that because we're all talking behind screens and, and the relationships part of the business has really uh, devolved away. Uh, I think it's interesting to let Draymond and these guys run around and do that kind of thing. A lot of it is off-season chatter, and of course a lot of it is uh, generating information online, but we're kind of in a transitionary period. I still think all the roles are important, um, but they'll definitely look different five or ten years, heck, maybe even next year. Making it a, a, a ripple effect from the player empowerment conversation, I think is super interesting because I think that we have Cross the Rubicon on player empowerment at from a and I'm going specifically NBA and specifically within like the roster building aspect. I think we've found a point where letting players build the roster stops making sense when James Harden can't find a team that he likes or Kyrie is going to keep you guessing or maybe LeBron and Kevin Durant are the best basketball players in the world, but maybe they're not the best general managers in the world. Like I think that we're, we're we've we were in a place for a very long time where players had none of their power. Now that they have it, could could there be something kind of parallel there between, like you say, media members who are going to help players find out what's interesting and newsworthy and noteworthy, along with general managers still being allowed to generally manage so players aren't also doing that? It, it, I don't know. To me, it seemed like maybe there could be a pendulum sort of swinging there. Where right now, we're, we're over on one edge of it, and then somewhere back towards the middle Maybe there's a, a medium to find, both in terms of players dictating what what their professional life is going to look like and dictating their access. I think the filter, the, the, the lack of forcing an old white guy to interpret everything, getting that out of the picture, I think makes a lot of sense. But then I don't know if I'm going to listen to episode two of Tyreek Hill's podcast, because I'm just not sure if I know that he knows what's interesting. I can't believe Rick Ross is not going to get you to tune into the It Needed to Be Said podcast. Me either. That, but you were the fan of the biggest boss. No, that that honestly is the exact reason that me never having listened to the second episode of that podcast, really, like I'm, I'm taking note of that for myself. Because if Rick Ross was on a podcast with literally anybody who I thought would be like, just do good content with him, I would be there in a heartbeat. 
You're absolutely right about this. Like, there is a middle ground in this entire thing. And that's kind of what happens when you've been starved for power, when you've been starved for what they feel like is their voice in the whole media game. You're going to go to the complete other side of the spectrum and jump completely in and do it all yourself. It kind of reminds me uh, of uh, the NIL thing that we're seeing in college football, right? Yeah. Players were never able to get paid, or they were getting paid under the table, quote-unquote, but it wasn't allowed to happen, and then all of a sudden the floodgates open up, and now you can do pretty much everything under the sun. I feel like in that situation, and similarly in this situation, there's going to be kind of a deviation back to the median as far as um, what media looks like, sports media looks like, and the players' involvement in that. Uh, going forward, but I, I'm I'm happy to have them in here. It gives me no more joy than imagining Draymond Green slumped over his laptop, trying to edit clips together on Final Cut Pro after winning an NBA championship, and it's just not slicing correctly. Because I've been through that situation so many times, and he's feeling my pain. It's great. You got Draymond on a MacBook just yelling to no one. The audio's not syncing up. <laughs> I think that I mean, he's having mic clip issues. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our world, Draymond. Welcome to our world. That might be the real end point of this: is that you give enough players enough of all of that, and eventually they're going to taste it and spit it right back out at us and say, "No, never mind. I'm, I'm you know what? I was wrong. I didn't actually want all this." They're like, what, journal- journalists in small markets are making how much? <laughs> oh, wait a minute, old media, come back, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I how many? I don't know how many Squarespace ads Draymond's going to do before it really makes an impact on how on his annual salary, but I feel like it's going to be a lot. Oh. Yeah, I don't have anything else on that. Did, did it, has any of the Kyrie, KD stuff uh, caught your interest at all? Have you had, did you buy into any of the drama today of Brian Windhorst saying that the Nets would rather lose them both than return to the status quo like three hours before Kyrie opted back in? I mean, it just happened so fast, <laughs> and Kyrie is one of the guys that I have had to train myself not to eye roll anytime there's a little bit of information because. He just has this complex that continues to go and go. And I, I, I almost wonder if the Nets, because the report earlier in the day was, oh, well, the Nets are prepared to lose both of them. <laughs> and, and, and then Kyrie opts back in, and I'm like, well, are they happy to have him back in? Because it wasn't really a situation that was fruitful for anyone involved last year. And now Ben Simmons is in the mix. It, it seems like a mess. Brooklyn I, was a title favorite at one point in time, but I, I have a hard time believing Steve Nash encourages any sort of motivation amongst that group after what they did to him last year and then talked around him going into the offseason. Uh, the collection of talent by itself, yes, amazing, but uh, you've got to hit the rubber. The rubber's got to hit the road at a certain point, and, and for Brooklyn, it, it never really materialized. If that whole crew stays together and you get a full season of Kyrie, by full season, I mean they're on the roster. You get Kyrie and Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant. Uh, so shortly after they, they ship off Harden, obviously getting Ben Simmons back, what do you think that team ultimately does? Like, what would you, if you had to bet money on what the outcome would be of those three as your centerpiece? I mean, you would argue 50 wins at least, right? And you, and you go from there, but 
how many games are you getting out of Kyrie? And then I would also say the East has gotten better. Yeah. Miami should be healthy with, with, with Kyrie out there. I mean, Milwaukee's always in the picture. I'm going to include my Atlanta Hawks in this conversation, but let's just breeze past them very quickly while they figure out what they want to do. Sure. The East has gotten better, Josh. <laughs> and Brooklyn, to me, has just sat here and spun their top and spun their wheels and um, we'll see. They're, they're definitely a soap opera. And, yes. and I think that's what everybody is most distracted by. You can't look away from the car wreck, right? And it's fun. And Kyrie's the talkative guy. And I'm going to have so much fun with the memes of people who are different lead us into tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that is just going to be Instagram captions for weeks, let me tell you. Uh, but as far as an actual title favorite, I would like to see them all play 82 and then go from there. Um, I just saw, I totally missed this, even though we were just talking about Tyreek Hill's podcast, that his next guest is going to be Tua Tungavailoa. I have one question for you. (laughs) Do you think at any point in the entirety of the podcast, Tyreek Hill will say the word Tungavailoa? Absolutely not. He's not even, he has not even attempted it. It's Tua T. And his name is Tua T completely. Like, that is his full name <laughs> yes. to Tyreek Hill, Tua T. I just, it's just so funny. He didn't even type it in his tweet. It's exclusive episode featuring at Miami Dolphins QB1 at Tua, a.k.a. Tua T. Which, look, as far as nicknames go, I, that's not bad. But it's just... It's just he, he's going to avoid it like a like a like a dangerous landmine. I just think that's wonderful. It just makes me happy. Um, I hope they understand the, the rigors of podcasting now that now that he's truly in it. Right, like these first couple episodes, yes. he's got Rick Ross, he's got to a T. <laughs> Try a whole year, Tyree. Like edit that whole thing up. Let's get it going. Try a whole year of podcasting. We got Drew Rosenhouse, Rick Ross. Tua T, episode four guest prediction. I'm gonna go. It's gonna drop hard at four. Is my that's my prediction is that episode four is going to be a significant precipitous drop because I think Rick Ross is your big guest to get. Lebetard said that he was gonna do a home and home, but he he said that uh, that he he told Tyreek and his people or whatever that he was gonna ask him questions about like some of the stuff in college and, and all of that, and he just never heard back again. I'm actually kind of shocked that he went with a once-a-week or bi-weekly release point. Like, that seems a little ambitious. Usually when the big guys come in, like, Michelle Obama released six episodes of her podcast and was like, all right, y'all have fun. <laughs> yeah. enjoy, those, enjoy those releases. Like, <laughs> once every two weeks, that's a lot for an active player. I, I think he's. I think he's going to see some some guest issues that um, I wonder. I would like to just. I would like to just continue to track the the progress of it needed to be said. Which like, I would like for it to. I would like for that to be interesting. I just need there to be something that did in fact need to be said. I think it's going to be with current or former business partner of the Miami Dolphins, Jimmy Buffett. Wow, I would listen to that. I would. I would listen to Tyree Kill interview Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett at one point signed a business de- uh, joined the Dolphins in a business role. That the role was business role. Uh, <laughs> that was the official title. I don't know if it's still a business role with the Dolphins, but I don't. I, I would love to know more. I guess I, that's pretty much all I could argue. You a big Jimmy Buffett guy, Aaron? 
I really want Luther Campbell or like if we're doing a Miami Tyreek Hill podcast, like let's just go all the way, Playboy Mansion. Let let's do let's do the thing, right? <laughs> this has got to end in a league suspension. That's the only way. <laughs> Mark Anthony is an owner. J Lo, you know, <laughs> get some uh, get some of the my. Remember that what was it like five years ago? They announced like twenty celebrity mi- minority owners yeah. you know, for the team. Yeah, let's just get all those people. That's good. Let's have, hey, you know what. Tyreek Hill, get in touch with Stephen Ross, get him on, ask him about Brian Flores, ask about Tom Brady. Really, what if what if Tyreek Hill put on his big J journalism hat and just totally broke open the 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 lawsuit and all of that there? Now that's new media. I that mean, would be th- new. Now we're talking. Cooking with gas. I think we should do that. All right, let's get a hold of Tyreek Hill's people. Um, last thing that I can think of that, that I've got on my just sort of things that Aaron might want to talk about, or at least things that Aaron might know about um, that we haven't talked about here yet, is the NBA draft coming and going. Obviously, there weren't you know a tremendous number of, of local picks, but you get two, both in the first round. Ocha Agbaji to the Cavs, and then Christian Brown to the Nuggets. Rudy's a Nuggets fan, so that's obnoxious, but the fit for him seems absolutely perfect. I, I hope he's able to just stay out there for the duration of his rookie contract and just become whatever he can be on that team. But did you did you have any strong feelings either way on either the story of each of those guys or, or the fit where they're going to be now at the next level? And we talked about this ad nauseum on Sunday Sound Off. So I appreciate you watching that every week on KSHB <laughs> 41. You know, you know I only uh, watch when I'm on. I think the story's already written for these guys. Mm. Does it really matter what Ochai Abaji or Christian Brown do at the next level? I think Abaji, obviously, the expectations are a little bit higher. He's got the frame, but could still use a little bit of work as far as shooting. But uh, uh, Brown and, and Abaji wrote their story and what they did in March and April. It, it, as far as a KU fan of this region is concerned, I don't think your opinion changed by anything that they do at the next level. Now, mm. Brown obviously ends up in a great situation. This is a team that. Uh, has high, high expectations. And, and with Jamal Murray in that mix, uh, I, I would consider them a threat in the West. Uh, but he, who, who knows, right? It, it, it's frame, it's potential, it, it's what he did at the, at the national championship game and all that good stuff. But I don't really put too much stock into what they do in the NBA. The story's already written. Hmm. Um, I wanted to get here one thing now from uh, Matt Derrick, who joined us earlier in the show. I did tweet out, I think confusingly, I'm not sure if these if this poll result so far is going to give us anything. Um, but at the beginning of the segment, I tweeted out, poll, can you twiddle anything other than your thumbs, yes or no? 53% of the audience so far has said yes, you can twiddle things other than your thumbs. Matt says it's a small list, a bit like, uh, a bit like how there are only about three things you can do profusely, sweat, bleed, and apologize. <laughs> I thought you could twiddle wood, but I guess that's whittle. Yeah, yeah. I think you can, you can, you can whittle wood, and you can. I, Matt needs to needs to specify what he believes you can twiddle. The tone of the replies makes me think that twiddling wood is something that one of the responses would have been, but not have meant the way that you did. And I don't know if that's what that means. I think we're safe. I think the only thing you can twiddle is your thumbs. I'm voting no on this on my own poll question. I just decided this time I was going to be quiet until you responded for any of it, and then you called my bluff, Aaron. 
see, you're so good at radio, Briscoe. I see. I see what's going on here. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a trick they say in conversations. You just when the other person finishes talking, you just pause for like three or four seconds, and then the other person gets uncomfortable, and then they start talking. One. That actually two. is something they teach us in J school. He's not even joking. Like that's an actual trick. <laughs> and it worked that time. Thanks, Aaron. Oh. Anything on anything on forty one this week? No, people should know about? here it goes again. I, you know what? No, we'll just have a show to put together today, Briscoe. You're you're on you're on a trip. You're you're out for the rest of. Is anything anything you need to plug, or are you, are you good? Is your is the, the your plug for the rest of the week? Don't tweet me. KSHB forty one here in about uh, forty five minutes or so. I'll see you then. Turn on your TV. Put it on channel forty one. Love it. Got you again. Let's go. Thank you, Aaron. Goodbye. <laughs> Why did I make this so hostile? Beginning and end, I started it with accidentally bringing up horrible Falcons memories and ended it with me trying to bait him into continuing to talk. It's been a while since you've done a radio show. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's been about a week. Uh, you can follow Aaron on Twitter, but by the sounds of it, I mean, really, what's the point? You know, he's about to go on his little hiatus. Just tweet him and. Give him a four-second pause. I don't know. You follow him on Twitter at AaronLad0. You can watch it. It's certainly not a zero on TV. More like a 10 on 41. That's too many numbers. Uh, check out uh, check out his, uh, his sports cast coming up on 41 here in a little while. KSHB 41. Oh, so many good friends over there. And, of course, Sunday Sound Off. Um, I only think it's good when I'm on it, but it does happen other Sundays, too. And so it'll be there for you if you really, really get desperate. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. One other thing that happened that I think is great. I tweeted during the game, I tweeted, Marcus Peters isn't worth it and Tyree Kill isn't the number one receiver and I've never actually watched a football game as a tweet. Gibby responded on Twitter, seeing your sarcasm and retweets reminds me why I quit following. Just enjoy the ride without stirring up bleep. I say this and I tweeted this back to Gibby with genuinely no spite whatsoever. But if you don't like sarcastic Chiefs tweets... You probably have found the wrong Twitter account. With Joshua Briscoe. That's my whole brand! Stirring up bleep is my favorite! On Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's late into the evening. The Royals are going to lose the Rangers. Don't even sweat it. Um, But I wanted to at least briefly give you uh, the most fun blurb of the day uh, in Kansas City sports news at the very least. uh, Because the the Royals did trade away Carlos Santana. Got a little bit in return and got anything in return for Carlos Santana. That's That's a good place to start. Rudy, you're looking at the screen like maybe I told you that this audio is in the wrong spot. There was a different copy of it in Seren's folder. You can grab just the, it's the Vinny Pasquantino one in there. I thought I saved it differently, renamed it differently. I might have cut a little, you know, that's fine. We can play the, we can play the version they played in the program. You, right uh, you, you, act, you saved it into the, the programs folder because there are two Vinny clips. Ah, uh, I didn't, I didn't save it over no, no, the no. original one. It's got, okay. it's missing the number. Yeah. So it's just in there. Yeah. Okay. It well, happens. you know, I'm done. Hey, the other day, Curtis was trying to find audio that I had, um, you know, Chiefs audio from the day before. I had used it for crunch time. I thought I had copied and pasted it into the crunch time folder. I cut and pasted it into the crunch time folder. So all their audio was gone. Oh, my Curtis was like, what happened? And then I realized, oh, yeah. And Curtis ripped you a new one then probably, oh, right? Boy. People don't understand how mean of a person Curtis <laughs> Seabolt is. I'll tell you what. Made it to that tree. 
He threw me, but made it to the tree. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the scene when Jazz, hey, well, the scene, the scenes where uh, Jazzy Jeff just gets thrown out of the house. That's what it was. But to a tree. The only reason I don't believe that story is because these doors explicitly do not open right now. Well, yeah, but this was last week. Oh, okay. They opened last week, theoretically. Did Curtis get so mad that he that the thing happened where all of his teeth uh, turn into werewolf teeth? Like, he gets big fangs? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the hair grows on the top of his head? Yeah. <laughs> if I come in here tomorrow and I just find you unconscious... With a, with a werewolf-sized bite out of your neck or something. I'm not going to defend you in court, you know? No, I'm going to play this audio back and say, look, we, he, he knew the risks of working with a monster like Curtis. Boy, I think. Rudy, can you hit the filter button? So there's a button yeah, on the board. Yeah, 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 there's yes. a button on the board. I don't know if you knew about this. It's a secret button. It's actually under the board. Can you lift lift up the board and you hit the secret button under the board? There's actually one of these for every single person at the station, but it's the button that will make Curtis, him, only Curtis, not able to hear the next couple seconds of audio. Okay, give me one second. Yeah, just right. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Good. Okay, so Curtis can't, everyone can hear this except for Curtis. I, yes, it's a soft whisper. Just because I. I do. I I don't know that every single person in our current listening audience knows exactly the inner workings of Curtis or just sort of the general bits that we do, and it would just really ruin my day if anybody did live the rest of their life thinking that Curtis was a real mean jerk because he is one of the nicest people that I've ever known. I think. Like if it. Mount Rushmore contender. I don't know. I don't. I'd hate to carve his face into stone before I really lock that down. I don't know. I might have met like a nun once as a child who like say I don't know. I need to do some thinking. So Curtis can never hear this, but Curtis is not actually a mean werewolf who has threatened Rudy on multiple occasions. That was a bit. You have that Vinny Pasquantino audio? I do. He's gonna wear number nine, by the way. It's just pop. Uh, I like that. Courtesy of a retweet <laughs> from Curtis Seabolt, uh, Vinny Pasquantino will wear number nine, last worn by uh, Royals legend, first baseman outfielder, Ryan McBroom. Wow. I could have sat here for a long time before I would have finished that sentence for you. I was trying. Single digits for all the young guys, huh? Yeah. Bobby Witt, MJ Melendez, and, and Vinny Pasquantino all get single digits. Yeah. Good. That's great. That's See great what, for the Royals uh, aesthetic. Nick Prado wears when it comes up. Don't you bleep this up. He's... He's double digits in Omaha, right? I was thinking 13. Well, we're going to probably get to this. We'll get to that. We'll get to this. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino audio tomorrow that I just told you we'd get to today. We got time. You can play real fast. No, Prado has worn 88. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Which would be pretty cool. Well, you know what 88 is. It's I also see him in 13. 88 is made of two single digit numbers. Just like every number. Every two-digit number is made up of two one-digit numbers. I mean, that. I think that's just sort of factually the case. 13 is good. 88 is good. I've always liked 
25. Hosmer made 35 work for a first baseman. I think he went single digits or in the teens. 19, not a good baseball number, right? 19's not good. I think 15 is the cap on baseball numbers. Until you get up to yeah. 23, 24, 25, maybe. I'll give you those three. Anyway. Vinny Pasquantino got called up today. I got the audio. We got time. Did you delete the one in Petra's folder like I asked you to? Yeah. Okay. Did you delete the entire contents of their show's folder? Yes. It's, it's, the folder itself is gone. Good. Have you gone to the podcast page and deleted the entire archives? Yes. Okay, great. Then we're good. The feed is done. Have you cut the yes. brakes on Curtis's car so he can't chase you down when he finds out what you've done? Well, I would argue if I cut the brakes with his car, he can chase me down. <laughs> he literally cannot stop chasing me down. <laughs> Which is how he already is. He's like a dog with a bone. <laughs> well, the good news is if he was listening, he probably would have texted one of us by now. So I think we're safe. I, th I think we're good. Here's the story of how Vinny Pasquantino found out he was getting the call up to the big leagues. I got told this morning and I was in the hallway taking out some trash when I got told, which was which was pretty interesting. So uh, my manager in AAA, Scott Thorman, he had texted me this morning. That's when I kind of knew something might be up a little bit because him and I don't normally text that often, especially on an off day. So he's kind of asking where I was basically. Without asking me where he, where I was, he asked me where I was. And so when, when that text kind of came through, it was like, all right, my heart's beating a little bit faster. So I started to be become productive instead of just sit in my chair and wait until we were leaving for St. Paul. So I got up, started cleaning a little bit. I took out the trash. And if you ask my roommate, Clay Dungan, it was the first time I had taken the trash out all year. He normally handled the uh, the trash taking away. Um, and as I'm in the hallway, uh, Thor, Tommy Shields, our bench coach, and Ryan Powers, our assistant hitting coach, were also walking down the hallway. And that's when I was that's when I knew something was up. So Thor kind of sees me and asks what's going on. I'm taking out the trash. And just, that's just like always, right? And <laughs> so he's you're going to need to drop those bags real quick and he said you're going to big leagues and I lost all feeling in my body which was a interesting experience to say the least and you know then we had to figure some things out and I'm here now and I couldn't be more thrilled I mean just what a tremendously charming story a storybook type of stuff of I was taking out the trash because I got the feeling that maybe something was happening and I got this sort of just basic need to clean up my living space I don't usually take out the trash usually I make my roommate do that but you knew something was coming you get the call up all of a sudden you're headed to the big leagues so just a, a great story and also we don't always we don't always get um, great inside looks into just the personality of especially these players being as young as they are, the young guys getting called up for the first time. So I think the, the humanity stories on all of that are, are always a nice way to be introduced to somebody that you hope, if things go well, they're going to be watching for the next decade here in Kansas City, even if things go just okay, several years, and and I think you'll, you'll maybe I at least, will remember, hey, the story of Vinny Pasquantino getting called up to the big leagues, he's taking out the trash for one. So I don't know if uh, the Royals will win a ring while he is in Kansas City or not, but I do know that he is our recipient for the day of Ruback Fine Jewelries, who gets the ring? 
I love Ruback Fine Jewelry. I've talked about them so many times on this show, which I count to be a blessing uh, because they have given me daily moments of, man, Ruback did a great job because that's where I went to get fiance Renee's engagement ring. She was involved in the process. Also, we went in with our various ideas and visions. And then we talked to Hal, who has decades of experience in the jewelry business. He's got also like connections with people to try to make things happen for you. Um, He was an invaluable resource to us getting all of that done. Um, And now it, it all came to life in a way that to be honest like it is legitimately cooler more personal um also fully custom all things that i exceeded my my grandest hopes for the engagement ring process and for the final result as well Uh, in fact uh i'm gonna save i'm gonna save a little extra easter egg maybe for for a little later on i don't want to blow up anybody's spot um but i i do know that uh, many of you have have heard the the ruback reads and all of that and uh, have taken the advice that i've been able to give that i told you also we i i went to them uh, off of a suggestion a recommendation from kent swanson I did not. This, they did not hop on as a sponsor and say, "Do you want to hop in and, and get this ring?" I went there first, went through that experience. It was such a great experience that we were able to, to talk to them and say, "Hey, I'd love to tell more people about that here on the show." And, and we've now been able to do that for a while. So I just I couldn't be happier um, with with Ruback, the process at the time the end result. Uh, if, if you are nervous about the process or if you're excited about the process and you want somebody to just be excited with you who's going to lead you in the right direction, that's Hal and that is at Ruback. So if you want to book an appointment there, you can do that at Ruback.co. That's R-U-B-A-C-K dot C-O. Uh, two things I say almost every time I talk about Ruback, but they're important to me. One is that they've been in this community for a hundred years. That that They are part of Kansas City's fabric in that way and I, I think that's really meaningful. Um, and the other thing is something that I just wish someone would have told me before I started the process, which eventually Ruback did, um, but I did not ever think about this, you probably can can work your way to a, a custom ring if that's what you want to do, because a custom ring means a custom budget. I just never thought about that. I just thought, oh, custom custom anything means that's for, that's for somebody else. Uh, but at Ruback, you can just go to Hal and say... Here's what I like. Here's what I think my my significant other likes. Or maybe here's what we both like. Here's where I'm at budget-wise. What can we do? Uh, and whatever it is, whatever you're you're looking for, whatever your budget is, how's going to help you get the absolute most bang for your buck and, and a final product that you're absolutely going to love? So go to Ruback Fine Jewelry, R-U-B-A-C-K dot C-O. Tell them almost entirely sports since you. I, you don't have to. This feels like a thing to say. Um, and if you do go there, um, if any Pasquantino gets a ring with a, a Royals logo on it or a beautiful piece from Ruback, either way, that makes you a winner. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Oh, fair. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got a couple different directions that I could take us here at the very end of the show tonight. How long are we going to have here, Rudy? I'm, you've literally just told me, I think, and I wasn't listening, apparently. Now Rudy is yawning. This is the right energy to wrap up the show with. No, we've nailed it. Don't even apologize. We've nailed it. Uh, we are currently, I think, at four and a half minutes. Okay. Right. I have a question that I yeah. asked myself earlier that I also asked Rudy that I'm also going to ask the audience. Did I message Rudy earlier today? Now, you, the audience, would have... I would hope no way of knowing. And the truth is, of course, yes, I did message Rudy at some point earlier today. Many times. But we, we you know, messaged back and forth about a variety of things. And at one point, I was like, all right, I'm 
going to be at work at this time. We got Matt Derrick at eight, Aaron Ladd at nine, and I think maybe I even might have mentioned the Google Doc or whatever. But we, you know, I think I sent you that earlier in the day. But I, I, I knew what I was sending you was when I was going to get here. Matt at eight, Aaron at nine. But like thirty or forty-five minutes after that, I got a message back from Rudy. Says, "Hey, what's the guest plan tonight? I imagine Matt at eight. I go, "Did I not actually send you that message? What happened here?" And I don't think it was a lost to time thing. I have no evidence on my side that I even like attempted to send it and it crashed or whatever. I, th- I have my theory now, but it also begs a question that I'm going to ask of you, Rudy, and then hopefully anyone who's still listening to the show at the at the end of hour three, which you are the ride or dies, and we love you. I think that my best explanation is that I end up, and this might explain a lot, I don't know, I don't even know if this is unique or not, I have a pretty active, verbose, internal monologue that I will think, quote-unquote, like, out loud thoughts or full sentences or things that I want to say or things I, I say, oh, I, you know, I should say, I should tell Renee this whenever I go back upstairs, whatever, and maybe I go upstairs and then 10 minutes later I go, did I ever actually tell her that or did I just think of exactly what I was going to say? Not to like memorize it, but just like, oh, I need to tell Renee that the washing machine's a little louder because this part here is making a kind of a jerky noise and all of that. And then 20 minutes later I might go, did I ever actually tell Renee about the washing machine? I think that's what happened today, but I know that Renee has basically figured out that she has virtually no, like, internal vocal monologue, um, and so I know that there's at least some range of of options there, and now I really don't know if she's weird or if I'm weird or if we're both weird. I'm mm-hmm. guessing we're both weird. And we're all a little weird. We're all a little weird. I would say whatever that spectrum looks like, I'm on the pretty far end of has a lot of vocal dialogue inside of their head like that makes sense to me yeah like conversations like i play out conversations in my head like when i when i know i'm going to be like talking to somebody about something i will just naturally play out a conversation in my head without even like trying to do you this is great how much time do we have now uh we have two and a half minutes do you want to know what it felt like to be in the process of dying for me oh goodness the last thing that I remember, uh, almost a year ago, I didn't know I had diabetes. I have diabetes. I didn't know, and I was very sick, and I almost died. One of the last things I remember is laying on the floor in the bathroom, like fetal position, pain. You know, I didn't know what was going on. And I don't remember the content at all, but it was like my brain was AI generating a podcast. I'm not I stone cold serious about this. No bits here. The la- what I remember, and I remember it not really making sense, but I listened to a ton of podcasts. That might be part of it. I've been listening to podcasts. I have had voices in my, in, not in my head, but in my but like ear. Literally. Literally since your, I was 13, yes. constantly. Um, and and maybe, that's, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But I was <laughs> decomposing. <laughs> and somewhere in my brain, it was, it, I, my, my narrative theory is it was like, Oh, he'd probably like to be listening to a podcast now. This would probably be soothing. I listen to podcasts when I'm stressed. That's a podcast when I'm just living my life. I don't know. But it was it was very distinctly, and it wasn't like it was playing. Like I knew that it was internal. But it was like I was carrying out two sides of some internal podcast. I don't know if I've told that story on the air before, but that's that was one of the last that is the last thing I remember before I sat in the bathtub, which is where Renee eventually got me to get up out of. I don't remember anything after that. 
Yeah, I have very al- little after that. I almost always have like some sort of inner dialogue when I yeah. need to tell somebody anything. And sometimes I think that's probably like I'm really thinking about it right now. So as you were giving your answer a second ago, I was thinking about what my response was yeah. going to be. And I don't think that's maybe that's why we talk over each other on this show and we interrupt mm-hmm. each other too much. Is that because not good at this job? Who could say? It's because someone else is talking. You're like, I've got my idea fully formed. Hey, I fully formed my idea. I'm ready to say it now. I don't care that you're not done yet. I have an idea. I actually do think I, I, that makes a lot of sense. It's something I've never really thought about. It kind of it checks out though. That is that is my offering in the serious, but not like dark. I mean, the, my last story was dark, yeah. but the, in the like, hey, think everybody, hey everybody, here's your homework for the week. Think about your internal monologue for like one week and report back and let me know how it went. I just kind of want to know where more people are at on that one. We got shows Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. Plenty of AES for your internal monologue. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye, Mom. <laughs>